0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Hub Cymru Africa's podcast. I'm your host, Kath Moolongor. I'll be leading you through the series of podcasts as we discuss what's important to the Wales Africa community working in global solidarity. This is the third in a series of podcasts, and this episode is being recorded with support from the Welsh Government under the Wales Africa Women's Empowerment Scheme. Hub Africa manages a small women's empowerment grant scheme that supports projects in Uganda and Lesotho working on the issues impacting women and girls. We also offer a range of support to the Wells Africa community. So whether it's help fundraising, one-to-one advice, networking or training you're looking for, our support is free. Just get in touch by emailing advice at hubcymruafrica.org.uk. But first, let's have a listen to this podcast. Today, we're talking about working in solidarity with women in Africa, and I'm delighted to welcome Hub Africa's very own
1: Beth Kidd. Hi Beth. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you very much. Can you please introduce yourself? Of course, I'm Beth Kidd, and I'm the Senior Development Support Manager at Hub Africa. Lovely. OK, so Beth, what can we expect to hear from the podcast today? Who did you speak to, and what do they have to say? You can expect a brilliant podcast today. I really enjoyed um, recording this. I spoke to Sunshine Komisana, who's the Programme Associate in Sexual Reproductive Health and Rights at um, Akina Mamawa Africa in Uganda. And I also spoke to advocate Joanna Jonas, who's the Director of Naresha Legal Support in Masero in Lesotho. And we talked about a number of different things. Um, Firstly, what solidarity means to them in the work that they do. Um, We also talked about some of the barriers that women and girls face. And we also talked about using networks and social connection um, to create change. It was a really inspiring and, and empowering discussion. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'm really looking
0: forward to it. Let's have a listen.
1: Hi, ladies. Thanks very much for joining me today. Um, Joanna, please, could you introduce yourself? I am advocate Joanna
2: Jonas from Lesotho. I'm the director for a non-profit company uh, named Nairasha Legal Support, which um, um, which assists uh, victims and survivors of gender-based violence with access to services such as justice, psychosocial support, and... We also do capacity building work and uh, legal education for women and girls.
1: Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Sunshine, can I ask you to um, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do?
3: Um, so my name is Sunshine Komsana. I work with Akina Mamua, Africa. I am a feminist lawyer and activist. I like to think I'm an activist, uh, but I do it mostly on the internet. So I work with the Mama Africa, which is a pan-African um, leadership development organization. We are based in Kampala, Uganda, but we work in a number of African countries. Uh, so we are in Uganda, we are in Kenya, we are in Zambia, we are in Ethiopia, we are in Sudan. And We are also in Tunisia um, and our work surrounds um, three thematic areas, one on sexual reproductive health and rights, the other on economic justice and climate action and then the other one on women's political leadership. So uh, I support the sexual reproductive health and rights uh, program as the program associate um, and that is work that I've done over the last two years and so yeah, that's that's really about me and the work that I do.
1: Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's great. So um, as I mentioned, we're here today to talk about um, your work with women and girls and to share with our listeners how we can support women and girls better uh, in our partnerships and our projects. Um, I'm going to start by sharing a little bit about what solidarity means to us in Wales. We had our uh, Global Solidarity Summit Um, earlier this year and we brought people together to kind of share their thoughts on um, what solidarity means to them and how we can do it better and there was discussions around the values of solidarity so talking about respect, um, equality, inclusion and compassion as um, important values um, in solidarity work. Um, We talked about partnerships and how um, they're the cornerstone to solidarity um, and That enacting solidarity takes time Um, forming those partnerships and gaining that trust with the communities you work with can't be done overnight so it's important to allow um, time um, for that solidarity work Um, there was discussions around understanding power and privilege and allowing people to to amplify people's voices and giving people a say and being able to share their views and experience Um, and enabling people to feel heard and understood and you know having that two-way dialogue and listening rather than um, always going in and um, talking and that helps um, build trust and honesty um, when you're when you're doing project work so Joanna can I start by asking you what does solidarity mean to you when you're working with women and girls in Lesotho?
2: For us, as, as we as I have mentioned, that we work with mostly victims of and survivors of gender-based violence. For us, this is because, um, just like in any part of the world, in Lesotho, women face the same struggles. Whether you are a professional, you are a stay-at-home mom, or you are a housewife, so the same the same struggles and problems that 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 women in the crossroads face are the ones that we still face, even now in our workplaces. So working with, in solidarity with women for us means being a safe space for women to be, because we are constantly, uh, women are constantly being told who to be, what to be and how to be everywhere, uh, even in workplaces. So for us as as women and girls being our clients, uh, they are also our sister and we have a program called sister-in-law not sister-in-law as in the your 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 spouse's sibling but sis your sister who is vested in law meaning that we 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 come to you like your family would but we come to you with the with the help from our from our expertise that you would otherwise not get um and also because the understanding really is that um uh, we could no one is immune we are not immune uh, even even if we are professionals and we are doing this work we are not immune to the struggles and the problems that our clients face meaning we could we could also be victims the next day so working in solidarity with women especially regarding our clients means that we offer them the the support the help and 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 the services that they need not what we assume that they need mm. Mm. for instance a client may come to my office and say you know what i don't want to press ch- charges i just want to vent and speak out
1: and i will give them that space yes yeah thank you that's really important and like you say you know it's important to remember that women and girls aren't a homogenous group and you know our backgrounds might all be different but like you say a lot of the challenges um we face are the same and that putting yourself in uh in the person you're speaking to shoes shoes, yeah. yeah, yeah yeah really helps build that connection and that trust thank you that's really interesting sunshine can I ask you the same question um what does solidarity mean to you when you're working um with women and girls um, thank you so
3: much for the question, Beth. Uh, in thinking about this conversation, I went uh, and started uh, um, like looking at resources and thinking, what have like other feminists said about the meaning of solidarity? And uh, some of the things that I was thinking about was um, there's this quote uh, by uh, feminist author bell hooks, may they rest in the peace around solidarity not being the same as support. Um, and um, to experience solidarity, we must have a community of interests, shared beliefs and goals around which to unite, build sisterhood. Now we also have to say siblinghood uh, because uh, of the connotations around sisterhood being um, mainly for uh, people who identify as women. Um, support can, um, while support can, is occasional, and I think a lot of times when we are doing work, um, with women and girls, it looks a lot like we are providing s- uh, support um, instead of solidarity. And then also Indian feminist author um, Arunda roy I hope I'm not butchering her name, who says that there is no such thing as the voiceless. They there are only the deliberately silenced or the preferably unheard. And so I thought when I was thinking what does solidarity mean, I started thinking what solidarity isn't. And solidarity is not about, like, centering. Um, it's not about centering ourselves. Uh, being able to do work with women and girls are not for them, um, bit, which means when you're starting, for example, a project, um, inquiring uh, if this with them, like, co-creating uh, projects and saying, is this solution going to work for you? Uh, and then being able to tailor solutions to what their needs are Uh, When Joanna was speaking about working with survivors of violence, one of the things that we've learned in our work is to ask when someone comes to you and they have experienced violence, asking what do you need? Uh, Because a lot of uh, work and response to violence has always been report, 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 but the system does not favor reporting. So it's saying what do you need? Do you need legal support? Do you need therapy? Do you need a, a shelter? So its solidarity is about... Ensuring that the work we do centres the experiences of women and girls. Um, it's also about ensuring that even before we do this work, we are asking questions, we are bringing them into the conversation, we are creating projects that they can sustain by themselves long after you know we have wrapped up and you know we've ticked our KPIs and our work plans and 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 finished the project and done our end of project report them being able to see themselves in the work so that they can sustain it is, I think, what um, solidarity means. But also, it also means not doing harm, right? So not doing any further harm. So when you're working with women and girls in different contexts, especially in Africa, there are um, conversations around, um, not Africa, Uganda specifically, because I haven't done work in all the 54 African countries. Uh, There's maybe... um, Culture, cultural context that you have to, to keep in mind, a legal and policy context you have to keep in mind. For example, if you provide um, resources um, to do work around access to legal and uh, access to safe abortion, what happens if um, they are working in a context where, for example? Um, like Uganda that's where it's still abortion is still heavily restricted. If they get in trouble with the law, like so being careful, putting in place safeguarding um, in order to respond to harm that may come as a result of the work that you've done. And I think um, really in, in very many words, <laughs> that is uh, what solidarity is. And finally, it's also about checking um, our power and privilege. And I know that Beth, you mentioned this, uh, that when you're coming to work with women and girls, you come in with your own, maybe sometimes conscious and unconscious biases. So creating the space for yourself to also unlearn them and then, so that then you don't project um, your biases on the, on the women and girls that you're working with. Mm-hmm. So I think that's in many words what mm-hmm. solidarity means.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you, Sunshine. That was a really interesting answer. And I think, you know, yeah, emphasising the importance of being um, understanding the context, be that the kind of the macro context of the community or village you're working in, but also the micro context of that specific person and their experience and what they want and being, yeah, survivor led um, is is a really important um, point. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just now going to ask about what some of the barriers to sporting women and girls might be. Joanna, if I can start with you, in your experience, what have been some of the challenges um, your organisation has faced um, when working with women and girls?
2: Um, firstly, we as Nairasha are a new, a new, a new uh, institution. Um, yes, my partner and I have been doing this work for a number of years. Uh, for instance, I've been I've been practicing since twenty fourteen, and she since twenty ten. But the the company is quite new, so um, we may be able we may be able to offer um, support or services to women only to a certain extent uh, due to lack of resources. Um, resources in this in this instance being the fact that um, any sort of support really always boils down to 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 sources to to sources um of any form of support is costly and in one way or another we are going to need funds to to avail whatever resource we need for instance if we are if we are looking to to offer legal support which will entail ensuring and um assisting the the survivor to report a case it's going to it's going to mean that we are going to have to go to, to to the survivor because in most cases our clients are people who are not financially privileged and uh, whatever we do it means we, we we can't we can't we don't charge them for the services so firstly you have to go to where they are um, that's traveling exp- expenses and the process of reporting the case until the, to to a point of um, the case being formally in the court to prosecution to finalizing the case is quite long and hideous and it requires uh, constant traveling and it, it requires availability of um, Of professionals, in which case meaning in which case it means that we as Nairasha will need more mm-hmm. like we need more uh, human resource to to be able to facilitate the kind of help help that we want to extend to our clients. Um, in a case where it would be psychosocial support, um, because we are a firm of uh, legal practitioners, we have to outsource um, services of a of a, psych- of a psychologist, for instance. And in this case, that means we need to provide for for them to be able even if we may have volunteers but for them to be able to meet up with the with the client for them to be able to to have a a, a conducive space where they can be able to have proper uh, sessions for instance our our office space is very is quite small so where they are going like if I, if they are going to consult on uh, on on non-psychological impacts of whatever matter the the client came to us with uh they're going to need privacy that means our office space is not suitable for that and they usually can't just go to the survivor's place because the survivor's home or residence might be the source of the of the problem so it's 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 things like that sometimes it's medical it's true that our medical 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 services are mostly subsidized, but public hospitals and public clinics are not very accessible because the for instance a person who has been sexually assaulted, it wouldn't be pre preferable for them to be around other people standing in long queues waiting for the medical uh for the medical consultation only for them to go back to the hosp- to the to the police station because they are usually told not to buy to bathe or to change clothes or whatever meaning when when going to report they have to go back to the medical for medical attention as they 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 were when they went to report and still go back to the police station so you will see that the the process of reporting getting medical medical attention and medical services and treatment that may be needed and mostly for having the medical report fi- filed and filled in order for the case to, for, in order for the police officers to be able to report the case um, efficiently is quite hideous. And it's it's usually, it's usually the problem uh, for most survivors to, to pursue cases to court because they are just like, some just give up along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, limited resources. Mm. Yes, limited resources in all, in all respects, really.
1: Yeah, human resource and, and financial resource. And yeah, I think it's really important what you were saying about taking, uh, you know, when designing programs or projects, having that holistic you know, understanding of the whole context and everything that is needed, and all the resource and time and capacity that that's going to take, and if that's not something one organisation can provide, you know, looking for those connections, like you say, or getting in the psychological psychosocial support. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really important point. Thank you, Sunshine. Can I ask you the same question? What um, what barriers have you faced in your work when working with women and girls? Uh, so I will
3: just start from the obvious. <laughs> When we're talking about barriers to um, working with women and girls, we have to start from the number one barrier, which is patriarchy, right? Um, So we are organizing um, and supporting and working in solidarity with women and girls in a system that is inherently designed to keep them subjugated. And so that is is a big barrier because um, I I will cite, for example, our women's uh, political leadership work, where you will have... A feminist, um, training, um, on, 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 you know, a feminist understanding on women's political leadership, train political leaders so that they can, um, be in decision making spaces. But then when they, they, they go back home, they will have, um, maybe their partners or their spouses um, telling them they can't maybe run for office or if they have to do it, they have to figure out their own childcare plan. And so those very systemic uh, barriers that are embedded uh, within the the context uh, of working with women and girls and that often um, there is no will to change, um, especially when it comes to to supporting women and girls, it a lot of a lot of issues look like a woman a woman's problem. When we talk about reproductive justice work, it looks like that's a woman's problem. And as long as the the patriarchy is 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 working the way it's designed to work, we will continue to run into the same issues. And so, and yes, feminism is the response to to, to this system of subjugation and to continue really to challenge um, even people who. Give us our uh, support to do work with women and girls to say there also has to be work around ensuring that 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 men understand the ways in which they contribute um, to the issues of women, the issues that women are facing, and, and how they benefit from the subjugation of women, and so that would be like my number one barrier <laughs> off the top of my head. Patriarchy, yeah. please dismantle the patriarchy and yeah. <laughs> all the continents at time zones. And, um, then the other thing is, um, also around, um, like capitalism. So the way we work and as like civil society organizations, a lot of our, of our, resources, um, come, uh, you know, it's, it's aid or, um, it's money that is coming in um, to do a certain uh, project to fulfill a certain agenda, usually in, um in connection to the, like maybe the conversations or agendas at the global, at the global level and um, global regional level and things like that. And so when the money runs out, usually then the aid, when the grant runs out, it usually means that it's going to be opposed to the work. And so really working in that Produce results and 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 then like pack up and go <laughs> kind of system um, is 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 a big barrier uh, because sometimes um, the length of a project has not really created a sustainable solution um, and also the fact that even us who are doing this work we are most of us are here not because um, like some of the people who do work like this are there because of their convictions like I'm doing I will do this work. Uh, But there are a lot of people who are also doing it because it's just a job. And so... The fact that anytime now you can just change and maybe go into the private, <laughs> private sector, uh, because maybe the, the pay is better and you drop the ball on, on, on the work, um, around uh, supporting women and girls. And that's so because we work in inherently exploitative systems, really. Um, so they are, oh, there's definitely going to be a barrier. Um, I, I know that Joanna has already spoken to resources, so I will not, um, Devolved so much on that but i think um that the like maybe the other layer i want to add to the, the to the barrier around resources is the fact that there's no political will for our governments to put resources in supporting women and girls like issues of women and girls uh, so i'll i'll give an example uh, recently, we're having a conversation because EPO is uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We're having a conversation around how can we use the Maputo Protocol, you know, to end, um, to, to like to bring light to the conversation around uh, sexual violence and violence against women and girls. And I was saying that we need to start framing the conversation around state failure because the number of women and girls experiencing violence are a result of the failure of the state to protect women and girls. But there in Uganda, for example, I don't know a single women's, women's shelter that is funded by the government, right? Um, our government in last year cut the, the, the budget to health um, in the middle of a pandemic, but also knowing that women and girls are the biggest consumers of our public health. They're the ones that go to public hospitals. They're the ones who rely on public health, uh, centers for, they are either in the hospital as, 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 as patients or they are there taking care of, of, of people. So the fact that there is no deliberate effort. To address the systemic, um, la- like lack of resourcing for issues around reproductive justice, around addressing violence against women, around uh, keeping cho- g- girls in school uh, by providing, san- so it's just really deliberate. <laughs> um, state um failure to provide resources and so we keep working as civil society but there's only so much we can do uh with the aid that we receive to be able to do this work if there is no um in squ- like for lack of a better phrase i know i've said systemic so, much, so let me use structure if there is no structural Solution because these are really structural issues, and we can work at the micro level, provide the support we can. But unless we have that kind of resourcing, um, that is, you know, deep pockets, because governments have deep pockets because we pay taxes, (laughs) we can't, um, we, we, we will always be working, um, Really, just pouring ourselves and our and our energies into sort of a bottomless pit. So, yeah, that's Mm. that's what I would say are the barriers. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sunshine. And that's a really important point, isn't it? It's not just about the project work. It's about the advocacy work and holding the government mm-hmm. to account and building mm-hmm. those, um, as you mentioned earlier, sort of the, the, involving the men and the boys and building those male champions and those pos- people who are in those positions of power through the patriarchy to get them to be allies and to, yeah, to hold um, governments to account to spend the money on the services and the, uh, you know, the support that's needed. So, yeah, thank you. That's really interesting. Um, Joanna, if I come to you, can I ask how... So when we were having our discussions in the um, Global Solidarity Summit and, and previously, um, a lot of the kind of um, things that came out of those discussions were women having really strong um, communication pathways and strong networks, and um, they often use the power of social connection um, really well, and, and that's a t- you know an area that we can um, support to empower women um, through the power of social connection. Um how does that relate to some of your work? Do you see that in, in, in the work that you do?
2: Um, as I, I mentioned previously that we have a program called Sister-in-Law. Mm. Uh, so what we do in the program, some of the things that we do is that we hold um, networking sessions where we we mostly give um, education on the basic, uh, get, give education to, to regular women and girls on the, On basic law principles of law on like principles of law that they need in their day-to-day lives Uh, for instance we we give we give education on on we have we have done on marriage um, different regimes of marriage uh, the disadvantages and advantages of each regime and we have done on the law of succession um, and estate administration um, because mostly women are, are victims of uh, property grabbing, especially the, those that the, those that were married, even if they were married in community of property. Um, the moment if they if their husband dies first, they usually become victims of property grabbing in that uh, the family members of the husband will just take all the property from them. Um, and and leave them destitute for one, um, or for girls that uh, gr- girls are usually excluded in the in the in the hierarchy of succession where their parents have, have have passed on. So and that is against the law really because our law is very clear. Our law apply uh, provides for especially where there is a where there isn't a we a valid will. Our law we have a law on interstate succession, but usually people don't know this because customarily um, women were regarded as minors, meaning they, were, they had to be taken care of by the male head of the family. So so much that even when the husband died, the husband's father, the family the husband's family was to to find another suitor, usually the husband's brother, to step into the shoes. That that means taking over, the the woman as the husband and also as the as the head of the family, but that has since been done away with. That is no longer the case. That no, no longer needs to be the case, because yes, customary law is still applicable, but we also have um, civil law, which applies for interstate succession as well. So I think if we we could have a bit of a bit more of of this networking events that. Um, can be expanded even beyond our area of, of work because we are based in Masere in the city. But women in the rural still don't know this. We are unable to expand this education outside of of where we are, and um, and our and also if we have networking sessions whereby we. Exchange connections uh, between ourselves as women, and especially as professionals, and find try to find a way to help and support each other professionally. Um, for instance, uh, I may I may I may be a lawyer, but probably if, as as actually evident in my in my area of work, I do need a a, a bit of a psychologist here and there. And I may have um, a sister who who is a psychologist and may need a lawyer in what they do. So this networking um, networking sessions that I was talking about could also help um, in, 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 in formulating ways, ways in which uh, we as professionals can also professionals can also uh, support each other in, in order to strengthen whatever services that we each um give and whatever whatever support that we each give to other women, and mostly because I think this 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 events and these initiatives need to expand mostly into the rural areas because it's different. Like, it's different so much that uh, you can ha- hold a conversation with a woman who, ha- who lives here in Maseri. They are much more knowledgeable and they are much less susceptible to abuse or to, to falling victim. Or even if they are victims, but they mostly know what to do. But women in the rurals are less knowledgeable and the resources are lacking. And they, they just don't have anyone that is there for them yes so if we can have we could have this 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 sessions and this events across the country or across reach as many women as possible especially the the ones in the in the rurals because they are mostly marginalized they are the ones that um uh, um are the worst victims of of G, of gbv they suffer the worst kinds the worst types they leave with the worst types of 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 GBV, so yes, I think. Thank you, sharing connections and expanding our connections to other women as well.
1: It's really important, yeah. Like you say, you know, we're we're stronger together, aren't we? And the skills that we each have, um, when we combine them, uh, you know, makes us even stronger. Yes, thank you. And sunshine, the same question to you: sort of networks and social connection. Do you see that as a, a strong part of the work that you do?
3: Um, yeah, so I will maybe say more, like, less, not less, but, like, more of, like, community, creating um, community instead of, um, like, network, uh, because I, th- I believe, like, as, as feminists, as, um, as feminists, as organizers, we all need community, but also... Because women uh, primarily uh, like, uh, exist and thrive in community. When we think about um, our mothers, for example, it, 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 there's a proverb around uh, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, you're you raised by your child, your, your mother, your grandmother, your aunties, your sisters. Um, and it's not any different um, the way in which it translates into how we work. And also knowing that there is only so much you can do as as a lone warrior um, in terms of, of of supporting women and and girls, but also just really for yourself. Sometimes you need um, that that power of the movement, the power of the collective to be able to you know tap into it for 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 example like human resource and 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 even like. Um, financial resource but also emotional um, support and i i will give a very um great example in uganda at the beginning of 2020 um young women were speaking up about their experiences of sexual violence on twitter and very quickly, uh, what started as one young woman's story became a story of so many other, um, so many other people who are young women, especially at university, uh, that were speaking up about. Um, particular abusers uh, and how they had been violated at university and from that um so realizing like that this conversation was happening um as uh, an organization but we we decided that we needed to convene a healing space for them uh but also with the help of like other feminists we created like a quick working group there's a therapist in there some lawyers some some journalists some writers um and just really quickly put together a plan on how we can support them and then bringing them together then also um allowed them first of all the space to to really um experience sisterhood and solidarity but then they also went ahead and created their own initiative their own uh, movement around you know supporting survivors of violence and some of them have gone ahead to do fundraising for for therapy fundraising for legal support and things like that and it's very like it's very important to continue to work like that because then the power of that solidarity that we are talking about really um, delivers um, great um, great impact and great um, support. Uh, and also because we burn out, right? This work, first of all, is deeply personal, especially if you're a woman or a person who identifies as a woman doing it. Um, most of the people I know that do work around um, Violence around reproductive justice have very deep um, connections to that work. Some of them even started out doing that work so that they can have space to tell their stories. And so it's deeply tasking uh, emotionally. So to have that network, to have that community means that you can take a break and you can decide, you know, this month I am not um, like available to participate in ABC and T. I can take... um, I can take a sabbatical, so to speak, from the revolution and let other people uh, do it. So that then also we can take care of ourselves. So I think definitely um, network and there is such great power in like social, like social, the social network, like social media. Of course, it's also like has its dangers and that's. A conversation for another day. But being able to connect with other organizers, for example, in, in different countries, in different parts of the world, for example, for, uh, in a country like Uganda, where we have laws around um, cyber Cyber harassment. Um, what I didn't share when I talked about the story of, of the young girls that were speaking up is one of them was actually arrested, um, for speaking up about sexual harassment. They used the law, like the abuser used the law on cyber harassment and cyber bullying to then uh, have her arrested and and then. And then thinking uh, about how our maybe f- uh, feminist sisters in Kenya can be able to do this work uh like of supporting us without you know the the victims themselves being the mm. face of the of the conversation so just really uh, but also a good time right so <laughs> like we've talked a lot about <laughs> serious stuff yeah <laughs> about you know how how the collective is great for um you know, for the work, but, uh, for doing the work and, 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 and fighting against, you know, these oppressive systems, but also when we come together and, and just being able to be ourselves and, and, and share our stories in safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, 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 to harness the power of, of community to mm-hmm. take care of ourselves for the work, but also just really to have a good time because that's, we are more than the work that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah that's
1: yes thank you sunshine that's a really really important point isn't it and that's you know saying to people i hear you i see you i understand what you're going through and that's the true Mm -hmm. definition of solidarity isn't it is being there to allow people to to step back and come back stronger so thank you that's really great um well we're kind of coming to the end of things. So thank you so much for your really interesting insights both of you. I really appreciate it and um uh sharing your experiences and your learning um with us today. Was there any last thoughts that either you wanted to share with us either Joanna or sunshine um before we go our separate ways?
2: Okay. Um from my side but firstly like all I can say is that I'm really tr- I'm, I'm truly grateful for this opportunity because I have learned a lot from from this conversations, especially on sunshine's, uh, side. Um, like I, I, like I had, like I said earlier, maybe I didn't understand the questions. Um, the way you, you wanted to, to approach them, but it's also very interesting. I'm not done, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also interesting seeing how we both approach them differently Mm. yet. Yet we Mm. are able to integrate them together and, and we still having this this platform so it's really interesting and very insightful it was really very very insightful i really enjoyed the conversation really oh, a lot and i've learned a lot
1: good me too me too and like you say it was really useful having the two different perspectives yes. and looking at it from the two different levels so no it was it was um uh, the perfect combination i'd say
2: see why wouldn't have done it wouldn't have worked if we had our 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 conversation and then you went and had no exactly like, the
1: conversation the same conversation with sunshine on the side yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's much better to all be in the room sunshine was there any last thoughts you wanted to share yeah, um. so yes thank you so
3: much Joanna I also felt like uh, I'm always in awe of people that do work with survivors of violence directly uh, because I know that, uh, the amount of like it must take a lot from you and so it's just really to reaffirm does, and validate um, the work that you're doing and saying that I see you and just really happy to provide any support <laughs> Uh, uh, and just really, finally, I I wanted to speak about the way in which when we work, um, we reinforce hierarchies and we look at uh, the women and girls as beneficiaries of our organizing instead of the people from whom we derive our power uh, and ultimately to whom we are accountable to. And I think that's just really um, what I wanted to emphasize at the end. That. In doing all the work that we are doing um we have to continuously ensure that we are not re um reinforcing right power structures and and Mm -hmm. and, and, and and Things that are already uh, what we are working against, but also to continue to be accountable to the people. Um, I know a lot of projects say, "Oh, who are the beneficiaries?" But the truth of the matter is, those are just like people from whom you're deriving your power and mandate and relevance to do the work. And ultimately, you should protect them and do no harm and ensure that uh, when you you do harm, that you 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 have you give um, them the opportunity to call you in on it and also for you to take responsibility so i think ultimately that's that's what solidarity is and what to know that the women and girls are the experts of their own lived experiences and so we shouldn't um we should constantly draw from them um to do the work so thank you so much thank you both yeah thank you yeah and
2: truly, not to just view the messed subjects of our mm. of our projects and work, because when you say this, I just remembered. Um, Beth, you remember that we are currently in the process of a, a law enforcement training mm. yes uh, project. Mm-hmm. So this other time we were we were we were towards of, towards the end of our session in, in 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 another district, and we were working with um, village health workers and and survivors of of, of GBV so this this guy from from the from the national television approaches me and says they would like they they they, they peeped through and so and saw in our in our conference hall that we had mattresses on the floor, blankets on the floor, and yoga mats on the floor, and it was just a relaxed environment. So they were interested in what we were doing. So I explained to them what we were doing. And They were like, oh, "No, we want we would like to interview you and and some of your subjects, and we would like to cover the this." you're doing the work that you're doing girl no it's not a work first of all too it's a community and people here like what we are this is a safe space and it's only it's only open to people who participated in it so i'm not going to ask these people to to be taken up and down being interviewed about, so why are you here? And they have to say, because I was raped or because, you know, <laughs> so they, they couldn't believe, they couldn't believe that I, like, I fled out refused then to be covered by the national, by the national, um, television. And to hear and say that really validates and affirms, uh, that for me, because it's, it's, first of all, I, I, I I was I was I was content when I was when I was refusing but then afterwards I was like did I do the right thing or oh. yeah. so uh, I just got validated and yeah. that was really important. Yeah. So trust sexy. your gut
1: instinct, yeah. trust, trust your yeah. intuition. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank Brilliant. You. Thank you. What a great note to end on. Well, thank you very much, both of you. Um, enjoy the rest of your days, but otherwise, thank you very much. And I will thank you, hopefully ben. one day see you again. <laughs> yeah,
2: yes, sure. please. <laughs> <I'm> making- <laughs> please come up with another, another, another Pod,
1: podcast, podcast yeah. or panel <laughs> discussion
2: or whatever something to talk about we will i'm sure I think we should do this more often
1: yes it's been brilliant thank yes. you very much thank you both right, thank okay. take all care right. bye, Good Good right. bye, bye. Right. oh my
0: gosh that was brilliant thank you beth for bringing us that recording i really enjoyed it um was that for you listening back to it
1: it was great. It was great. It was as good as I remember. It's left me feeling really positive. Um, I could have gone on chatting to them for, for, for days. Um, and they, they really complemented each other as well. They kind of spoke at two different levels, um, uh, you know, at the more macro kind of bigger issues and also at the project level. And it really worked well. And um, they really bounced off each other really well.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. They bounced off each other. That's the right term for it. I enjoyed listening to them. Kind of like a meeting of minds, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, I could have listened to it. Uh, all day as well. Um, So what for you were the most interesting
1: points from that discussion? I mean, there were so many, but um, one that kind of stuck with me afterwards was uh, talking about kind of taking a holistic approach and making sure that, you know, particularly in terms of, uh, you know, project work and costing things out, making sure that you've um, made sure each part of your your project and your intervention is um, costed for, um, and you know, utilizing the networks um, and contacts that you've got, you know, to share information, to share learning, to bringing expertise in from outside. If you haven't got that in your organisation, you know, you can't you can't always um, address all the needs at once. But there might be people within your network that you can work with to um, address some of the things that you can't, um, and you know, just the kind of over overall. Um, theme of of you know being stronger together you know utilizing um those elements and and making you know the whole package stronger
0: yeah I would definitely agree with you that that's a a important point isn't it I think sometimes we can get bogged down with the doing 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 Mm. and taking time to step back and reflect and reflecting with other people who are doing similar work with you work to you Mm. is always really um it's always really useful and helpful it gives you another perspective and yeah like you said sharing expertise I really enjoyed listening was it Sunshine who was talking about it
1: Mm.
0: I really enjoyed listening to Sunshine talk about um the friendships as well and talking about having fun Mm -hmm. and um I think that's how we keep the energy going for for work isn't it is enjoying what we're doing and that comes from sharing with people, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. And she also emphasised that it's OK to need support yourself. You know, they started off the um, uh, the conversation saying, you know, we're, we're not immune to struggles ourselves, you know, and women are not a homogenous group. Um, we've all got different challenges and different barriers and that, you know, relying on your, your colleagues and your friends and your sisterhood, um, you know, is an important part of doing the work that we do. And it's OK to to step back and and rely on other people for, for a moment, you know? Mm, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Talking about homogenous groups, I enjoyed what she was saying about project participants, Mm. you know, not, not thinking of people as being the women involved, not as being beneficiaries, but as experts of their own experiences. Mm. Um, And that they should be the ones that should be in control of, Mm. you know, articulating what the project should be about, how it should, how things should be approached, what are their priorities. Um, I thought that was a really important point about Mm. um, not centering, um, you know, as a project manager, maybe not centering yourself Mm. and focusing on co-creating the, um, when you're developing your project and you know, being flexible to change it as you go along.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, how important that kind of co-creation is in um, enabling ownership and, and making sure a project's sustainable. You know, those um, you can't just sort of go in and do these things. You need to yeah, make sure that it's led by the project participants that you're working with. Absolutely. They're, they're the ones giving you the, the, the reason for the work, you know, your mandate to be there. So they should be the ones leading it. Absolutely absolutely
0: yeah and i think these are tips relevant for you know whether we're working uh, from wales or whether we're working on the ground in in africa or other countries in, indeed um did you think there were any other kind of takeaways for uh, people based in Wales
1: mm, yeah I think there was some um, interesting points particularly towards the end around kind of what Wales can do to support some of this work particularly around sort of advocacy and um and around funding as well and and maybe sort of campaigning for longer term funding um you know so that, that, that there's some more sustainability this work doesn't happen overnight right there's a big systemic change that we're trying to um to make and and that can't be done in a three-year funding cycle. <clears throat> so I mean I think yeah there's partly campaigning for longer term funding and, and maybe direct funding to um some of these projects but also around um holding governments to account in terms of um supporting women and empowering women and leading by example. I mean I know Wales um has been seen to do really well in that in terms of the you know the number of women representatives in the senate. Um you know if we can uh, support other governments around the world to kind of move towards that that could could make a real difference
0: yeah lovely oh well beth thank you very much um i really enjoyed that and i hope that we've done some food for thought for our um audiences um i would say that's a wrap i would say so too i would (laughs) like to thank our wonderful guests sunshine komosana and joanna jonas for giving us their time and sharing their experiences with us and beth thank you for organizing it no problem it was my pleasure okay listeners uh, keep an eye out for our next podcast but in the meantime you can find out more about Hub Africa's work by visiting our website on www.hubcymruafrica.wales bye bye